in Second Peter chapter two, uh, Peter the Apostle Peter writes there uh, from verse one. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Now, we've been talking on the issue of uh, apostasy, apostasy in the church. And as I explained earlier, apostates are people who, having received the word of God, having knowledge of the word of God, having heard the message of the gospel, having even followed Christ or purported to follow Christ to some extent, they then turn back and um, deny the message of Christ. They deny the message of Christ either outrightly or they deny it through heresy by bringing in lies and and um, manipulating the message of Christ or, or preaching and teaching contrary to the message of Christ. Now, we do not have a problem with apostates, people who actually abandon the faith and leave the church. They are not a problem. They have made their choice. Evidently, such people were not sovereignly elected for salvation, and as such, the message of the cross is foolishness to them, as the Bible says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Now, the ones who leave the church are not a problem. As in the same way, we don't have a problem with other religions. We don't have a problem with all the false religions of the world. I mean, we do our best. We are to the purpose of the church is to is to preach the true gospel, the only gospel. Because I don't see good news in anything else in all of life other than the fact that we can be reconciled to God, that our sins can be forgiven, that we can receive eternal life. There cannot be any greater good news than that. And that is the message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, all the false religions of the world, we can preach to them the truth of God and it's up to them, up to the people to receive the message or not. However, our problem is within the church, because it is within the church that we have all the false teachings. It is within the church that we have all the false prophets and all the false teachers, all kinds of people coming along with all kinds of titles, mesmerizing the people and confusing people. I I was uh, speaking with somebody during the week, and uh, this person expressed to me that they have... um, they well, they said they've given up going to any kind of African churches. They've given up. The person lives in the United States, so they've given up going to any kind of African churches, any kind of um, Black American churches, any kind of Pentecostal churches. They listed a few. So I said, uh, "Why?" And you know, they said to me, "The trouble is, when you go to these places, you come out absolutely wounded." You come out absolutely wounded. And I have, I've been through that so many times that I simply do not need to be mingling in all those. They, oh, she said, um, you come out with your faith shipwrecked. <laughs> and um, this person was speaking from all kinds of experiences. We spoke for a very long time, telling me the experiences they've had with these churches, this sort of churches in question. And this is exactly the purpose of Satan. 
it is as Peter as we just read as Peter warned he said this many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute i mean have you seen how false teachers continue to beget even more false teaching sons now everybody gathers under some bishop or gathers under some mentor called pastor and they all establish in their only two satellite churches and they continue in the propagation of lies and deception and all kind of fake things i was reading a, a, an article yesterday in um only yesterday in a in a Nigerian uh, media and um, this person wrote about the government the government of uh, Nigeria and its failures they are yeah, sort of working in perpetual failure actually and unfortunately right this the the, the, um, the commentary the article was entitled when criminals rule the people perish however I was reading it with a lot of interest because I also write a lot of um, a, a lot of admonition to the politicians of Nigeria because they they actually do do my head in. They're people without a conscience. But put that aside. This person now write this particular paragraph. I'm going to read it to you. It's a short paragraph, but it concerns the church. They said, In this age of modern medicine, our average lifespan is climbing down because the conditions arising from the numerous crimes against our state are killing us. Our hospitals that they have failed to equip and appropriately staff could not cure us. We are left in the hands of another gang of criminals who claim to be in touch with God and can perform miracles like in the days of Christ. These criminals in the churches are riding in their private jets while the masses are dying in our ignorance. Their sham miracles have proven incapable of curing us even when we fail to get it. Do you know what? That was so embarrassing. I found that so shameful. And this is exactly what I I, I um, complain about. This is what, what what I'm always screaming and preaching about because we have to. We have several warnings in the Bible to look out for this sort of thorns in our flesh who are there to bring the name of our sovereign Lord and Redeemer to disrepute, to bring the way of the truth of Christ into disrepute, to bring the message of the gospel of Christ into disrepute. The church, now, a lot of people, when when, when they talk about the church, they speak about church with disdain. Because to them church means everything false, fake, and everything evil, and everything to do with stealing and making money, exploitation of the peoples. So it is a terrible thing. And are we supposed to keep quiet? No, we are not. I certainly have not been called to keep quiet about it. I am a servant of the Most High God, and he has actually that is my calling, is to uphold and defend the gospel of Christ, to defend the message of the Lord. This is the reason that God appoints his servants and all of God's servants have got exactly the same duty. That's what we're called to do. There are so many things that people call church nowadays, which is not the church. There's so many activities going on in, in the church today, which should not be going on. The church's only and primary concern is to bring people to repentance. The world in itself is absorbed, is self-absorbed in all its evil, all its carnality and everything else. It is one of the affairs of the church. So when we start bringing carnal issues and carnality into the church, then there's a problem. We have deviated from our calling. The entire world is perishing and we're sitting down telling people how they can sow seeds and make a lot of money from God. 
The entire world is perishing in their sins, and we are telling people how they can reject sickness and illness. Whether they reject sickness or illness or not, whether the people get better or not, they're going to have to face God one day. The purpose of the church is to prepare people to face the Lord. This is exactly what we are called to do. That is the purpose of the church, is to prepare people who will be able to meet with Christ on his return. A people who will devote themselves to the service of Christ by bringing, bringing truth into the world and snatching people away from the way of error, from the throes of death, snatching people away from hell. The entire world is hell-bound. Our purpose is not to teach people how to become fantastic business people. That's not the purpose of the church. People can go to business schools for that. Our purpose is not to come out and tell people, you know, make them feel entertained. And so in church, we bring in all kinds of clowns to, to entertain the people, to, you know, sing for them and throw them in emotional frenzy. Usually when people are thrown into these emotional frenzies, they discard with all their money without noticing. <laughs> and um, we entertain them, we bring in comedians, we bring in break dancers and choreography and all that nonsense into the church. That is not the place of the church. People can go to theaters for that. They can watch television for that. The church is not a charity place whereby we, you know, people just come with their begging bowls for everything. Yes, we are generous. Yes, we care for the people. But more than caring for their physical needs which comes as a part of our, you know, that should be born out of the love we share with one another. But more importantly, we are concerned, we are to be concerned with the spiritual well-being of the people. Physical well-beings come and they go. But we are to be concerned more about the spiritual well-being of people. The kind of generosity we practice should be in line with that of the first century church, where the people having come together and received the message of the gospel, devoted their lives to Christ. The Bible says to us in chapter 2 of Acts that the people brought all their resources together. The wealthy amongst them brought all their, you know, brought their wealth together to the, to, to the church and they shared amongst themselves and there were no needy amongst them. That is, that is what the love of Christ brings us to do. So we have a problem now. Peter warns about those things. We've got the spiritual terrorists in the church, the apostates, who have remained in the church, having denied Christ, they have remained in the church. Now you might wonder, no, but these people all preach Christ, they all talk about Christ. Yes, they do. But for lucrative purposes, they are not submitted to his lordship. You see, mere verbal proclamation of Jesus as Lord is no testimony for any person's ministry. It's no testimony. Anybody can say it. James said it. He said, you believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So it's not enough to say, oh, Jesus is Lord. The reason these people, they are brought into the, into the church particularly to malign the word of Christ. That's exactly why they're there. They are enemies of Christ. And just because they say Jesus, they, that's the only way they can stay there. That's the only way they can remain within the church environment is by proclaiming Jesus in a false manner. How do you then know who is a true servant of Christ and who isn't? Who is a true disciple and who isn't? One, their message must remain, essentially remain the very same message of Christ Jesus. None of the apostles changed their message. They carried on the message of the gospel of Christ. 
The message has always been one. It's always been timeless. I've said this over and over again. Right from the Old Testament prophets, what did they preach? Repentance. Repentance and the kingdom of God. They made out a call to the kingdom of God then, but they always warned the people then that they were going to face God, that God was going to visit his wrath upon them at the judgment of God. And this is exactly the message the church is meant to carry into the world. We are supposed to carry the message of the of the righteous judgment of God into the world because that righteous judgment stands and already is being executed. That is why the world is an, uh, is in this pitiful state it's in. God's wrath is already unleashed on this world. This is what we need to understand. We're thinking it's going to come at some point, somewhere in the future, after the millennium and all that. No. God's wrath is already being visited. Scripture makes that very clear. That is why God leaves people to their delusions of following false teachings and following false preachers. God makes it very clear. In the Bible, it says so. That because people have chosen not to believe the truth of God, God has left them in their delusion to believe the false teachings. And so people are lacking in discernment and they're following all those teachings and they're all busy getting lost. They're all busy getting lost, being deceived, having their faith shipwrecked. Whatever little faith they have is being destroyed. Many people are disenfranchised with the church, stop going to church because of the experiences they've had with a pastor or with a ministry or whatever it is. Because people do not know, people do not understand that the whole purpose of church is to reconcile them with God. So they go where they love all the messages and, you know, that's fine with them. But then the messages they are hearing are useless to them. Useless in reconciling them with God. Useless in building them up. Useless in giving them peace or joy. Because nobody can have peace and joy outside of Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no peace out there in the world. And there is no peace. There is no peace outside the message of the gospel. The peace we have is the peace that comes from the gospel of reconciliation, the gospel of our Lord. Look here in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, take it from verse 9. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so, they will, so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. You see what I'm saying? That already God's judgment is at work in the world. When you choose not to hear, when you choose not to obey the truth of Christ, when you choose to walk your own ways, where Jesus says, for instance, Jesus says, watch out against all kinds of greed, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he says to you, to us all, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. He says the pagans worry about such things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He said, but seek you first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. Now, those are the words of our Lord. Just a, just an exa- a couple of examples there. But you rather choose to believe a pastor or a preacher, whatever title they may have, 
who says to you, no, you mustn't be content with where you with where you are. It is for you as a Christian, as a child of God, as a heavenly person, as a child of the kingdom. You must have in excess. You must wallow in excesses. You must be a millionaire. It is God's will for you, desire for you to have all the money you need. To do. You choose to believe that. Where do you find that in the Bible? When you choose to believe such nonsense, then the Bible makes it clear here that God, because you have chosen not to believe the truth, because the truth is harsh, the truth is hard, the truth is difficult. Yes, it is. But then it is peace, joy, and life for all who embrace it. Now, because you have chosen to believe the lies instead, because it sounds a lot nicer, even as Paul warned again in Timothy, Paul warned, he said, the time will come when people will no longer put up with sound doctrine but rather to suit their own, to suit themselves and their itchy ears, they will gather for themselves a large number of teachers to tell them what their itchy ears want to hear. So now we've got that army of large number of false teachers in the world. There's apostates and rogue teachers, heresy preachers. We've got them in the world because we've chosen to follow such a people rather than the counsel of God, which is complete in the Holy Bible. The Bible says God has sent a powerful delusion so that the people will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. You see, the condemnation of false teachers has long been written and finalized. There will be no reprieve for them. But unfortunately, all who follow them, as we have re- as we just saw in Scripture, will also perish with them. So this is why, if you wonder, because people are mesmerized and people are impressed by preachers who have got thousands and tens of tens of thousands of followers. They think, ah, oh, he's a successful man of God. Oh, he's a powerful man of God. Oh, she's a wonderful woman of God. Oh, she's a powerful woman of God. Oh, yeah? For a start, God does not do superstars. No, God doesn't do superstars. He does not see us as we see things. He doesn't uh, as we see ourselves. He does not see the world. He's not dazzled and mesmerized by the things he sees, the foolishness he sees in this world as the people of the world are. People look at a person with a great big following. I don't want to be part of the crowds following them. That's exactly what it is. So if you're wondering why, okay, if these people are really false teachers and they're apostates, apostates, how come they've got successful ministries? They've got crowds. They have got crowds because the people, whoever turns their ear against sound biblical counsel, God leaves over in their delusion to believe lies. That is why they're gathering crowds. That is why more and more people are signing up to their foolish clubs, which they call church, or foolish cults, which they call church. Because people love it. It's nice. They're giving you a message of false hope. Peter warns about it. We're going to study all of Second Peter and Jude. Now, when Peter issued his warning, uh, the letters of uh, Second Peter and Jude are very, very similar in content. And I'm not going to go into the academic discussion or debate as to who did somebody copy from one another. Whatever the case may be, that they both emphasize the message because it is of vital importance. They both said it. And that's what matters. And they both said it. And Peter, when Peter wrote, Peter said, There were also false teachers and uh, prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Notice that he didn't say there will be false prophets among you, because the ministry of the prophets finished. It it came to an end in that age. They came, God used them and the apostles to deliver to us uh, the, the New Testament. After that, the rest of us are here to continue teaching and preaching what they have established. We cannot establish anything new. We've got no new messages to establish, but we are meant to expand their message and continue to take it forth. Now, 
He said, they will be among you. That's what Peter said. However, when Jude writes, in all these 25 verses, it's a very short book, but a short book containing a very heavy message, a very urgent message, a most important message. Jude writes in, from verse 3 of Jude, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. You see, Jude said, Peter said, they are coming. Jude said, they are already here. They are amongst you. Jude did not write this letter to the world. He wrote it to the church. Peter did not write that letter, the epistle. He didn't write it to the world. He wrote it to the church. So now we have a lot of Christians who are sleepwalking. Or living in perpetual dreamland. That they are not aware of their environment. They're so unconscious that they cannot hear the messages of destruction disguised as the messages of life being taught them. Jude said their condemnation was written about long ago. In the same way Peter said their condemnation has not been asleep, their judgment has not been asleep. Black as darkness is reserved for them. Jude said they are already in your midst. He wanted to write something else. He wanted to write about the common faith we share. To maybe encourage us. Or, 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 or a letter of praise to God for the salvation we have received. I wanted to write something like that. Something to cheer us all up. Something for us all to rejoice in. That's what Jude wanted to write. But the Holy Spirit, who inspired the Bible, urged him to write of this warning. Urged him to write and urge us to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. What is that faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints? It is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord and only Savior. The message of the only God. There is no other God. There is one God and he's the one he's the God of the Bible. Any other religious book across all the other false religions in the world clone their writings from the Bible and then try and add in their own bits and pieces. They necessarily have to clone from the Bible because that is the only book inspired by God. And the very structure of the Bible, Old and New Testament, makes it clear, the very structure and content makes it clear that none of the most intelligent people who have passed through this world or are likely to pass through this world or are in the world today could put such a fantastic book together. It's a book that spoke about the beginning. A book that speaks about where we are now. A book that tells us about what is to come. No man can do that. No man can do that. So you see, what is the purpose of these false teachers? What exactly is their mission? They are here to lead as many as possible to hell as themselves. Because the Bible says that their condemnation has long been written about. Jude said that. Peter said the same thing. That their destruction is imminent, their destruction, they're coming to eventual destruction. 
they will be condemned. They are already condemned. So they know where they're going. Because they're children of Satan. Satan knows exactly what his end is going to be. He knows there's no forgiveness for him. Satan is not going to be forgiven. It is we who can be forgiven. Satan will receive no forgiveness. And he knows it. And is determined that as many as possible will go with him to hell. And people are walking that way. Because they love the message of Satan. And Satan having fought against the church of Christ from the outside in very many ways. He's done so much to destroy the message of Christ. To destroy Christ himself. From the start, from the very beginning, Satan has been in opposition to God. He's the enemy of God. He's not your enemy or my enemy per se. He's the enemy of God. And it is because he detests and hates God that he attacks those of us who look to God. That is why he does it. And so, if we want to uphold the sovereignty of our God, as we are called by Jude to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, to contend for the name of the Lord, to contend for the faith, then if we know that we are called by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and we belong to Christ Jesus and we're sons of God, then we must rise against the evil that is in the church of Christ today that is called church, the visible church. It is not every person who walks around and struts about and gives himself a title, strutting around, shouting a lot of stuff about Jesus and a lot of things, proclaiming and claiming and naming things, giving you ridiculous revelations and telling you lies about dreams and all kinds of stories they have made up, even as the Bible says. That they will deceive you with all kinds of stories they have made up. They are forever seeing visions. They are forever seeing dreams. You think, you know, the way they carry on about God and about Christ, you think, you know, they, they actually have a seat as in, in one of the thr- on one of the twelve thrones in heaven. Yet it's all lies. They speak the native language of their father, Satan. Lies. Their mission is to lead as many as possible to hell as themselves in fulfillment of Satan's lifetime ambition of thwarting the salvation work of Christ Jesus. Satan has done his best from outside to destroy the work of Christ even to the point of wanting to kill Jesus when he was born. And he never relented in his efforts all the way to the cross. But we give glory to God because he rose again. Because he is God. He came down as God incarnate and so could not be killed. He himself holds life in his hands. He himself is the life. And so you see, Satan was put to shame. Him alone is minions. So having failed in destroying the church of Christ and the testimony of Christ and, the, uh, and, and our very Lord himself from the outside, he is coming to the church. And that's why you find churches on the increase all over the, all over the world. But is righteousness and godliness and holiness on the increase? No. No. They're everywhere. The attack is from within. All these epistles in the Bible warning us against false teachers and false teaching were never addressed to the outside world. They were sent to the church. And we will do well to begin to heed it because you know what? Nobody can get into the presence of God through false teaching. A blind person cannot lead a blind person into the light. We need to begin to understand. Pray for discernment. 
people are just not they just don't care you too people are too absorbed in what they want what they want what they need so you get all these physical things you need will you not leave them behind one day do they have any eternal value to you of course not the only thing that's of eternal value is a relationship with Christ is your devotion to God do you have that right devotion because the agenda of the church in this day is totally different from the purposes of Christ. False teachers abound. False teachings abound. You, as a Christian, have a duty to be selective in what you watch, what you listen to, what you read. The Lord's not going to do that for you. You're, you know, your carnality is not just going to disappear from you. No, you have got to make that effort. You have got to reject it. You have got to say no to all kinds of ungodliness. So we're going to continue on this issue of apostasy. And um, I'll leave it here for the time being. Until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you. I'm Sarah Jalai